Welcome to the Improvising Life Podcast, where we explore how life can be more livable. This is Lloyd Crawford, your host. Today we are returning to our six-part series of the tools of improvising. We're going to be going over tool number four, ID the ship. If you were with us in the last episode, we had a brief intermission from our Tools of Infrariding series, so that way we could explore the difference between what I call situationships and relationships. And that felt like a nice way to set up for this next tool. It seems like we often don't spend much time thinking about relationships outside of the sort of package deal we're given that a relationship is just between you and someone else. And so by having that episode where we're exploring how everything and everyone that we interact with has the potential to either become a situationship where we sort of have this out of sight, out of mind response to it, or where we're having a relationship where we're intentionally interacting and curating and and holding space, you know, that that offers a different dynamic. So had we just jumped right into the tool of ID the ship, it feels like there would have been on some wobbly ground, so... I appreciate all of you who did tune into the last episode, and I'm excited to dive in to tool number four. So if relationships can be more than two people being together, right, it's not just this idea that we have to be in relationship to procreate and that it has to be about financial stability, you know, all of these societal narratives of what a relationship is and why we're in it. What else do we have unrealized relationships with? You know, for many of us, that could be like a sports team or favorite food or even the outcomes of a conversation, right? It could be something that we're essentially putting a lot of stakes into. All of those things can be relationships, especially if that's something that we're putting a lot of time and energy into. So when we find that we're in reaction mode, right? So let's say, um, you know, you're sitting at your desk at work, you don't want to be there, you know, you're going through the motions of performing that role, right? Suddenly you get an alert on your phone, boop, boop, and you look and you're like, my favorite contestant on whatever show just got, you know, like kicked out last night, man, spoiler alert, I didn't get to watch the episode, so now not only am I irritated that you know, my phone alert spoiled that for me, but I'm pissed that they left. How dare the judges? You know, you're in this reaction mode, right? That strong reaction can be in part because it's sort of like your adulting on autopilot bubble popped, right? Suddenly, you know, being in a situationship with work, just being there, zoning out, wishing you were somewhere else, like that situationship that you likely do every day, you have to go to work. The rug sort of got pulled out from that. So now suddenly you're in reaction mode to this news. And that sensation, that feeling of suddenly being alert can really be why we become so eh towards awareness because it's often like a forced awareness. Something is snapping us into it. So when we find that happening in our life, regardless of the situation, what can we do about it? I have a few reflection questions that I'll share that can help walk us through ID the ship. Question number one is, 
What actually is happening? Sometimes we're in such a reactive moment, especially if it's a familiar situation with a familiar person, that we sort of gloss over the context or perhaps we don't realize that there is a pattern here to our reaction, right? And not to the point of saying we have to judge the reaction, but just noticing that we may not have the insight that that is a common thing that we're experiencing. So when we're able to have a moment of pausing or slowing down and asking ourselves what actually is happening, then we're able to start identifying that relationship that we have with the moment, with what that trigger might be, with the themes coming up. Question number two is with whom or what is this moment happening? Is it really about the person that the exchange is with? Is that where the commonality is? Is it really the topic? You know, are we always in this reaction mode and feeling like we may not have much say in our choices of how we're reacting when the topic of, let's say, animal welfare comes up, you know? And while that's a really valid, noble cause, um, are we in that reaction mode and maybe lessening our impact because we aren't able to have a relationship with our efforts there, see how else we could use our energy that would be more supportive, or perhaps understand that this one person is someone that we're always reacting to. So are we really getting through to them if we're always in this reaction mode? A third question is, when and where else has this happened? Sometimes it's not so much about what the particular topic is that we're reacting to or who we're reacting to, sometimes we don't realize that anytime we're feeling challenged or anytime that we're coming out of this autopilot mode, that we have the same reaction every time. Maybe you were, you know, maybe we're flipping desk. Maybe we're shutting down and we're no longer available. Again, practicing non-judgment, just noticing when and where else has this reaction happened. Because chances are we'll start to uncover that there's a few deeper tendrils beneath the surface here. Because this relationship that we have with our reactions didn't just pop up out of nowhere. Again, we probably learned some of these coping mechanisms. We're probably encouraged to have certain ones and not other ones. So how can we start to, again, shift out of the situation mode where we're staying a bit aloof to things and feeling like we don't have access to choice and transitioning into the relationship mode where we have access to more awareness and awareness can bring access to different choices we can make. Fourth question to consider, you know, once you have an idea of when else that reaction, the type of reaction may happen is, how did I react then? This is a a deeper layer of that question of, if now I can think of other times where I feel like I might have been a bit explosive or shut down or however the reaction is, start to to reimagine or like sort of reconnect to how you reacted then. Doing so allows you to see and humanize yourself and really understand um, 
and have access to more compassion to yourself of, oh, I did react that way. And I remember the feeling the sense of hopelessness, or I remember feeling the sense of, I didn't even know that another option was available, right? Because once you're able to to see that, you know, most times most of us are reacting or taking action even from what's the best option is that's available to us, we realize sometimes we just didn't have access to that choice. We didn't have the awareness to choose otherwise. A fifth question is what does that type of reaction offer me? That's a big one. What does that reaction offer me? Sometimes we learn our reactions because it's what's modeled to us. Perhaps it's a reaction that helps, um, let's say, a caregiver feel more in control. So if we had parents or caregivers or guardians who automatically yelled at us, right, that action of only yelling wasn't right. And yet at the same time, it might have been the only tool that was accessible to them. So how do we hold space for that? How do we practice holding space for that? And if we're able to see that that offered them a sense of control, can we see then how perhaps when we're in reaction mode, if we're the ones yelling out or modeling what we learned, does that offer us a sense of control in that moment? Is that sort of what we're going at without realizing it? Would our actions change if we suddenly weren't thinking that control was the only option? A sixth question is, does another response feel safe or accessible? Because sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes there's moments where, especially if safety is involved, yelling is going to be the first way to, you know, stop someone from running into the street. Hey, stop. No, you know, screaming to get their attention. When it's something that's less time sensitive or less safety related though, do you have another response that feels safe? Can practicing something like, can I get back to you? I need some time. Does that feel safe and accessible? Does taking a deep breath, putting your face into your hands, exhaling that breath, And then just sharing out, I don't want to be so explosive or reactive right now like I was last time. Does that feel safe or accessible? You know, and exploring whatever that could feel like for you, while also understanding there won't always be another option that comes up. And that's okay. This is all just about practicing. Because the more we practice this type of in-the-moment reflection and having different access to choice come up, we're able to flex that muscle, The next question is, what do I need to feel supported right now? Again, oftentimes when we're in this reactive mode, it's coming from this place of, I need to get control back. I'm out of control. This doesn't feel safe. This doesn't feel easy. This doesn't feel empowering. This reminds me of this time, other time when I was the one getting reacted to because someone else wasn't in control. You know, it can bring up all these layers. So oftentimes, we think we're reacting to what's actually in front of us. So, you know, the alert on our phone that spoils our show outcomes. 
but we're actually reacting on this deeper energetic and emotional level based off of the times that we were reacted to in childhood. And again, it's not always the case, but again, if we're thinking back to that idea in the last episode of out of sight, out of mind is bullshit, you know, because the energy of, of what we're sort of putting outside of our perception, you know, what we're ignoring, it's still residing within us. So it's still having an impact on our well-being and it sits there and festers for so long that then we don't actually realize how much decay it causes. So if we're holding space for that, asking what do I need to feel supported right now, is both opening a door to understanding what else is coming up for us and also still having the option of closing that door if it feels like too much too soon. Because all of these questions are about pacing a relationship with yourself in that space of reflection and not about getting to the point where things are done perfectly or right. Some things that you might realize that feel supportive for you is asking for you know, some time to think calling up a trusted friend or a mentor, going to get something to eat, taking a nap and saying, you know, in two hours, I'm going to get up and I'm going to revisit this topic, you know, whatever that looks like. Because the the gesture of providing support for yourself or seeking support from someone who can support you starts to rewire your nervous system to believe and access that there's other options beyond whatever ways you've been reacting to that situation or that moment. It's not enough to just tell ourselves or tell, you know, have our minds be like, oh, I just have to choose differently. We have to actually experience what's called scaffolding and fading or the sort of accumulation of supportive steps. That way we can learn that there's another option and then periodically removing some of those supports to to sort of take that leap by ourselves to flex those muscles and to know that we have developed that skill set to practice this you know we don't need as much continuous support for each little moment and the final question that came through was does this matter issue or this type of exchange have a different impact on me than I realized before now So, you know, from this reflection, am I realizing that this habit of reacting a certain way or having this experience, are there different layers than I realize? Are different people involved in the story that I've experienced? You know, what is the actual relationship? And is it differing from what I would have answered, you know, on a quiz 10 minutes ago, right? And depending on that answer, you know, how can you process that awareness sometimes this just looks like taking a self-care break in your day if possible you know walking outside eating a nourishing meal watching a favorite show giving yourself time to integrate and decompress because what can happen and it's happened to me definitely is we think, oh, just because now like I put a name to it, suddenly it's over, it'll never impact me again. And then when it does impact us again, we can be harder on ourselves than we were the first time because we're like, what? I thought I got it. Why aren't I still getting it? But again, this isn't about shifting one kind of faux perfection for another. 
This is about life being more livable because we're actually taking a time to see what life am I living? How are things being presented to me? How am I being impacted by things outside of my control? How am I relating with what I can have an impact, like an input on? You know, how am I accessing choice? While these aren't the only questions that can offer this reflection, you know, these are some that came through about how to actually do sort of the integrative work about ID the ship. You know, for someone, it might look like as soon as you are noticing that something's happening in life, you're able to say, oh, I just sounded like so-and-so. I said that phrase they always say. So, you know, I mentioned a few episodes ago that my dad used to always say, same shit, different day. You know, so there might have been a moment in life where I realized that was sort of the thought that I had as a response to something going wrong in life. And I could be like, oh, I see that relationship there. That's me repeating a response that my dad always had. And then I could ask myself of like, is that offering something to me? Is it helping me dismiss it and the impact on myself even faster so then I don't have to deal with it, right? Is that helping me get even savvier at being in situationship mode? And then I'd be able to have this moment of, what do I want to do with that awareness? Do I want to keep using that as a phrase? Do I want to keep this event in situationship mode? Or do I want to start relating with myself more and actually say, no, you know what? This is impacting me a certain way. And while I understand why that phrase would come to mind, it doesn't feel like what I actually want to to have accessible to me right now. And it's in that magical space of shifting into the option of relationship where we can feel a sense of empowerment. It's not even about then only staying in relationship mode, right? Life is always going to be this different tango or this dance between different awareness and engagement levels, but can relationship just be an option? And how does that provide the shift into life being more livable, having access to choice, and even feeling like a different response is possible next time, one that maybe allows you to have an outcome that feels more favorable, or even one where you're able to say, whoa, I got through that today, and I didn't think that I could. Thank you for tuning in for tool number four, which is ID the ship. Our next episode, we're going to be going through tool number five, build versus invent. And if you're keeping track, after five is tool six. So the next two weeks, we will be finishing up this mini series and getting into some more interview based and community interactive type of episodes, which I'm super excited for and super grateful for. If you have any questions or want to reach out, you can do so on Instagram at improvide.with.lori or email at improviding101 at gmail.com. I hope you have a razzle-dazzle day. And of course, if that's not accessible, you can put an F on front and have a frazzle-dazzle day.